We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Bardwell. To hear more, please use our media player at PCAChurch.com and join us every Sunday at 1030 at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City. Now join us for the following message. Continue today entitled Soul Music. Last Sunday I talked about a song for yesterday. David was given a song for his past. David had a past that was filled with adultery. He had a woman's husband murdered. And he had sinned against God. And he confessed that sin. And I shared with you last week, confession is not saying I'm sorry. Uh, people get, say they're sorry when they get caught. I'm sorry, but a lot of times it's, I'm sorry I got caught. Confession is saying to God, I agree with you, God. I have sinned. Amen. And I talked about how that today we don't call sin, sin. We put other names on it. But it's sin in God's eyes. And when we sin, we must confess that. Say, God, I agree with you. Repent. And God is always faithful and just that he will forgive us of our sins. And David was forgiven for our sins. But that was a song for yesterday, okay? Today, David has a whole different set of problems. So today I want to talk about a song for today. So we talked about our past last week. How that some of us have had past that we need to forgive and for. And God gave us a song for that. But some of us need a song for what's going on right now in our lives. And so today I've got a great song for you. I heard some great songs this week. And man, I told you, songs can just transport you to different places. Uh, some songs remind you of great things that happened in your past. And you go there and it's wonderful. Uh, this Southern Gospel song that we sang this morning, that reminded me of when I was a kid going to, to church gospel singings every Friday and Saturday night with my mom and dad. And there were always gospel singings going on in Mississippi on Friday nights and Saturday nights. And, and everybody seemed like saying Southern Gospel. And it was great. Uh, Bill Gaither and all those great songs. And they just take you back. Good songs. And uh, today when I hear songs that, that they take, they transport, they make me happy. I can be down. And within a moment, I'm feeling good again. They make you emotions. Or a song can cause you to have negative reactions. It can cause you to get depressed. Maybe there's a song of a loved one that you've lost, and when you hear that, you, you miss them. You get a little depressed. Songs can make people do vile things. Suicide, adulteries, fornications, all those things, because that music gets in them. I pulled up beside two young men at the red light there by the, uh, uh, on 14th Street, and man, they had it jamming loud. It was thumping. It was loud. I, I had the window down. I couldn't understand a word of it because I'm too old. I understand that. But they were having a good time. Man, they were swaying and bopping and they were, they were singing. I'm like, that music is speaking to their soul. Yeah. And they were enjoying it. They were absorbing it all. I hope it was good, but I don't know. It's not my, my job to say that. But I talked about how that we have different styles. Everybody enjoys different styles. And that's what gets caught up a lot of times in church music. We get caught up over the style of it, not the substance. And so God gave us a songbook of 150 songs. He preserved the words, but he did not preserve the music that goes with it. That lets us know that God cares more about the substance than he does about the music that goes along with it. And so um, I like the psalms. David wrote some of them. There were other writers that wrote some of them. But today I want to talk about one that David wrote. Now, I told you it was a song for today. A song for today. There's a man who went to the doctor, 
And the doctor called him back. He said, well, I've got bad news and I've got worse news. Which one do you want first? He goes, well, I'll take the bad news first. He said, well, the bad news is that you only have 24 hours to live. He said, that's the bad news? He goes, yeah, the worst news is I've been trying to get a hold of you for 23 hours. <laughs> that's not a good deal, is it? So today I've got a song for the worst news, okay? Because it's a song for today. A song about the worst news. Now let me share you, with you what's going on before I get into the song. We know that, that David is king. He's got a great kingdom. He's, he's on the throne. God put him there. But he has a son named Absalom. And Absalom grows up. And Absalom uh, takes and causes a rebellion against his father. He comes in and he takes over the kingdom from his father. David has now left the kingdom. He's on the run. He's hiding out because people are trying to kill him. Okay? Do you think you're having a bad day? Think about your son and tens of thousands of people that he's got rebelling against you trying to kill you. That, that would devastate my heart to think that my son wanted to kill me, destroy me from my kingdom. And so... David's world has collapsed all around him. He's on the run. He's hiding out. He's been called a coward. I mean, this is serious stuff. This is a worst case scenario. In the psalm, there's a word that I want you to understand, and it's used throughout the psalm. It's a word called selah, S-E-L-A-H. And that means to stop and think for just a moment about what was just said. I love music and I love all the, the notations of music and there's parts of music that there's a little comma there that says, you know what, take a pause right here. There's a thing called a rest. Uh, there, there's things where you decrescendo and you crescendo and, and all those words and fortissimos and pianissimos and all those. But, but it gives dynamic to the music. So whenever you see the word selah in a psalm, it means stop and think about what has just been said for just a moment and, and, and meditate upon what is happening. I think a lot of times in life we get so caught up with the worst case scenario that we forget to stop and think for just a minute. And so this morning, uh, number one, here's what I got for you. It's a song for today. Number one, you have foes that will always be against you. Isn't that good news? <laughs> I'm telling you, we've got a lot of worst case scenarios today in our lives. And you will always have foes that will always be against you. Look at this John chapter 10 verse 10. It says the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. That's his resume. That is his destiny. That is his job. So you have a foe that's the enemy. You have other foes as well. David had his son and all of the kingdom against him. But you have an enemy that's targeting you and he has a three part plan. Steal, kill, destroy. And he's always going to be there. He's been there from the beginning. He was a foe of Adam and Eve. He stole their relationship with God. You've got a foe with Moses and on throughout with Daniel and the three Hebrew children and all the prophets. You've got a foe when Jesus was born. You've got a foe to the disciples, a foe to the church. And today, we all have a foe that's fighting against us and he does not care about just, just hurting you. He wants to destroy you. And you are here today by the mercy and grace of God. So am I in our lives. But we have a foe that's always against us. 
The way he reveals himself in our society today is he is a foe against marriage. How do you know that today? He hates marriage. He hates it. He's a foe when it comes to spousal abuse. When it comes to abused children. With your finances and bankruptcy. Alcoholism. Teenage pregnancies. Drugs. And I can go on and on. That's how he reveals himself. He comes in to steal, kill, and destroy. He's trying to destroy the next generation of young men and women that are going to preach the gospel and live the gospel. He's trying to destroy them. He does not want them to live for God. We have a foe today. He, he disguises the final product. He doesn't want you to see what the end result is. But he says for right now, well, it's fun. It's fun. How many know the Bible tells us sin is pleasurable for a season? It's fun. Absolutely. Party. Enjoy. It's just one drink. It's just one joint. It's just one snort. It's just one kiss. It's nothing. It's harmless. It's okay. It's fun. Everybody's doing it. I got news for you. Everybody's not doing it. We got a generation of young people over here that are not doing it. We got people in this world. We, we don't have to sit here and go, well, we're the only ones. No, no, no. There's a lot of people not doing it. There are a lot of people who are victorious. There's a lot of people that he never gets a foothold on. But there are a lot of people he does. He gets their foot in a snare and he's a real foe. And the Bible tells us you need to be sober at all times because you have an adversary, the devil. He doesn't mince words. And I don't think we need to mince words in the church anymore. We tiptoe around so many topics. We need to just say, you know what? We have a foe. That is what's happening in our society. And he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And David is facing a serious amount of enemies. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm chapter 3. Psalm 3, verses 1 and 2. Here's what David's cry is. Lord, how many are my foes? There's tens of thousands. How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. I mean, he's having a really tough time. His son, all of these are trying to kill him, destroy his kingdom. This was something that he thought God had given to him. Listen, there's days when we all feel this, this way, don't we? How many foes do I have? How many people are saying bad things about me? How many people are, are saying I'm not going to make it? This isn't going to work. Sometimes it's Christians. Sometimes, you know, I don't want anybody coming to the hospital and telling me, oh, I had a friend had the same thing you did and they died. I don't want that. If I'm in the hospital and that's your message, stay home. I, I don't want somebody coming to you and go, well, I, your marriage is shot because so-and-so's marriage didn't make it and their marriage was better than yours, so you don't have any hope. I don't want that. I want somebody that's going to come in and help me. And David's realizing, how many foes do I have against me? And they're all saying, God will not deliver him from this foe. Yeah. The world has a lot of external influences and all of them hates God. In our politics for the most part. Now I just gave the Wednesday night crowd good news the other Wednesday night. Right now in our White House you need to know this. There are more Bible studies and there are more prayer meetings that have been held in the last 20 years are happening right now in our White House. We need to thank God for that and we need to continue to pray for our president. Thank God for that. There are more Bible studies and more prayer meetings are happening right now in our White House than have happened in the last 20 years. Thank God for that. But you know what? He's got lots of foes. Our president's getting it from every angle. 
The world hates everything to do with God. That's the external. Then we have the internal. We have our consciousness, our thoughts. We have the nature of Adam that we're fighting. We've got a foe internally. And then we've got the devil who's a liar. And he says, well, it's okay. Go ahead. It'll be all right. You know, Paul, or the writer of Romans, whichever one you believe it was, he says, listen, we should not sin more because grace is there. We, we don't need to, do, and, the, and the enemy go, well, God will forgive you. It'll be all right. Just go on. He's, he's trying to put a snare around you, but he disguises the final products. He doesn't want to see how it's going to destroy you. He just wants you to see how it's fun. So that's the worst case scenario. The rest of the message is good news. I've got good, good news for you today. I have a father who is for us. I've got good news. Some people are victorious today. I've got good news. The enemy is under your feet. And we have got to stomp on his head. So the first thing, we've always got a foe. Number two, you have a father that will always be for you. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen for that. That's good news right there. Daniel chapter 11 verse 32 says, With flattery he will corrupt those who violated the covenant, but the people who know their God will firmly resist him. We've got to have men and women today who know their God, who know their Father, who knows that he will always be there and is always fighting. 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 2 says, There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad today that our lives are not built upon shifting sand, but we stand on the rock, which is Christ Jesus. And when all of our foes come against us, when winds and waves and every doctrine comes through the church, we stand on a rock that is Christ Jesus, and we will not be moved. We've got a solid foundation. There is no one like our God. There is none above Him. There is only God. He is a rock, a foundation. I'm trying to give you good news today, church. We've got a Father who's always fighting for us. And David got a song for his soul for today. Look at verse 3. Here's what he says. Psalm 3, verse 3 and 4. But you... I love this. He states what his current condition is. Listen, you need to face realities of the day. But then he also stops. Selah. And he thinks a minute. But you, Lord, are a shield around me. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. God is a shield around David. He is my glory. Hallelujah. Can you just see this mighty warrior David starting to go, wait a minute. Let me stop and think for just a second. I, I, I've killed giants and lions and bears. I've had all kind of foes throughout my, my kingdom. I've had all kind of foes throughout my life. But wait just a minute. I've got one who's been fighting for me the whole time. But you, oh Lord, are a shield around me. My glory. Hallelujah. And the one who lifts my head high. Hallelujah. He just doesn't come in and go, uh, no, he lifts my head high. I call out to the Lord and he answers me from his holy mountain. Hallelujah. I'm telling you in advance, I'm going to get loud. I'm not loud yet. I'm going to get there. 
Because we need to stop for just a minute. Every one of us that's got a worst case scenario, you've had some bad news this week, you need to stop and go, but wait a minute. But you, oh Lord, are a shield around me. David's hiding in caves. He's running for his life. He's not getting any sleep. He's not getting any rest. And then all of a sudden he goes, wait a minute. Let me stop and think about this for a second. The Lord is a shield around me. Hallelujah. You know what that did for David? It allowed him to stop and take a deep breath. It allowed him to take and lay down on the ground. It didn't matter if he had a palatial bed or a nice pillow or great covers with purple. He said, I can lay down in the middle of the forest. I can lay down in a cave. I can lay down anywhere and I put my head on a rock and I can get some sweet rest because the peace of God that surpasseth all understanding has let me know I've got a shield around about me. It's a force field of God and the enemy cannot come in and the enemy cannot destroy me. He cannot steal anything from me. He cannot kill me. Why? Because I've got a God who's always fighting for me. I've got a God who's put a shield around me and he can't get past the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Come on, church. Hallelujah. I've got good news. There's a shield all around you today. The enemy can't touch you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He'll try to come in and touch you and the presence of God, he just, I can't get in any closer. I can't even whisper in their ear anymore. Why? Because all they're listening to is the word of God. All they're singing is about the goodness of God. Great are you, Lord. It's your breath in my lungs. I pour out my praise to you. Hallelujah. Start singing songs like, Surround me, oh Lord. Hallelujah. Surround me, oh Lord. Let your presence fill this place. Hallelujah. You can make wherever you are the house of God. Why? There's a shield around me. It's not just in front. It's on the sides. It's in the back. No matter how the enemy wants to attack me, he can't sneak up on me. He can't try to come in from the side. There's a shield all around me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Daniel knew what that felt like when he got dropped in the lion's den. They couldn't even smell of it. They didn't even want to take a lick off of it. He got down there and he said, man, look at the pretty cats they put in here with me. I love cats. And he takes one and says, hey, lay down. I need a good pillow. And Daniel lays down. The king comes in the next morning. I know he's not going to be alive, but this is just for show. Hey, Daniel, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, King. Thank you for the nice pillows last night. And they snuggled up to me. I was nice and warm all night. Hallelujah. Why? Shield all around me. You can't mess with the people of God because they've got a father who's always fighting for them. People are saying, oh, Daniel, you won't get delivered because they've been, they've been keeping those lies from me for weeks. Oh, you're going to be devouring them. No, no, no. No, the enemy's out to steal, kill, and destroy. But I got good news. The Lord has come to give me life and that life in abundance. I didn't read the rest of verse 10 to you. Jesus has come. Hallelujah. That makes all the difference in the world. Three Hebrew children thrown into the fire. The people that threw them in were, were killed just by the heat of throwing them in. They're in there and the king's going, let me go see what's going on. Well, what? I thought we put three in there. Now there's four. And one of them has the countenance of the Son of God. What is going on? Shield. Shield all around him. And they didn't even 
when they came out. I love that, that God put that in there. They didn't even, I mean, he wasn't saying they were sick. They didn't even smell like smoke. I can't get 10 feet, 20 feet, 30 feet from a, from a campfire, and I'm smelling like smoke. They were in a furnace, heated seven times hotter than ever before, and they didn't even have the smell of smoke. Church, I'm talking about a shield where the devil can't even get anything close to you today because you're a man and a woman of God. God is fighting for you. He is here today. He's got a shield around you. You need to know this. Selah, think about this. Storms, it doesn't matter. Peace, be still. You're in jail, doesn't matter. He'll be right there with you. Wake up, Peter. Let's get out of here. I got a church praying for you. And the angel came to let him out. Uh, Paul and Silas in the midnight hour, what they start doing? See law. Wait a minute. We may be in stocks and bonds in the innermost part of the jail, but we've got a father who's fighting for us. And they started singing out praises to God in the midnight hour. And all of a sudden, all of hell began to shake. All the earth began to shake. Why? Because two men of God had a shield around them. And God shook the bonds loose and let them get out of there. And then they led the Philippian jailer and all his family to the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't tell me your foes are bigger than God today. And don't tell me your problems are the worst case scenario. Because I've got good news. I don't care how bad it looks. I don't care if ten thousands of people are after you today. God can put a shield around you and protect you and lead you out in victory. Victory and power, and you're a conqueror because of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. See law. Stop and think just a minute. Hallelujah. We've got a shield, a protector. And then David said, Not only is he my shield, but he lifts my head up high. 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 Brother Howard, you ready? Write this down. Don't look down, that is where the foe is. Look up, that is where the Father is. Brother Howard says, I write down all of your hooks. He's got a book about this thick. I told him to get a smaller book. We get, when, we, when we start getting attacked by the enemy, every one of us, our heads go down. Oh Lord, what are we going to do? The weight, the weight just comes upon us. Lord, what am I going to do? Lord, I've got this foe. I've got this adversary. Look at the situation. Look at my circumstances. Look at the bad news. Look at the worst news. Lord, this is not going right. God, I thought everything was going to be fine. I thought you were, you were going to take care of everything. And Lord, here I am in a worst case scenario. Don't look down. That's where the foe is. David said, when you have the enemy coming against you, you need to see law. You need to stop and think of things just a minute and realize that he is your shield and your protector. And then you need to let him lift your head up high because that's where the Father is. He said, I call out to the mountains. I the mountains are high places. I call out to the mountains of God and God hears me and he answers me. I had a young man in my church in Texas. He was about 16 years of age. And he had terrible self-esteem and terrible self-worth. And he was always walking around with his head down. You would talk to him and he'd never look at you. And I remember one Sunday morning, he came to the front of the church. And God just pulled me to him. And I went over and I prayed for him. And I took my hand and literally pulled his head up. And I said, from this day forward, you will not look down again. From this day forward, you will know that you are a man of God. And you will look people in the eye. And you will look up to your father above. 
Listen, the enemy will come in and try to destroy your self-value, your self-esteem, your self-worth. He will tell you how sorry you are. He'll beat you down, talk about your past, and you'll forget about your song of your past. I'm telling you, that's what happens when you're right in the middle of a bad scenario. You, you forget about that God's fighting for you. You forget about all these things, and He gets you weighted down, and nothing's going right. You can't pray. You can't sing. You can't talk. You can't do anything, and, and the enemy's got you. You've got to stop. See, lot. wait just a minute. I've got a shield around me. And I've got a father who is going to lift my head up high. Listen, we need to understand something today. We're in a fight. Man, the first thing they'll tell you as a fighter is don't, don't put your head down. Keep it up. Look at your foe. Look at the one that's combating against you in the ring. Make sure you keep your eyes open. Make sure you keep your chin up. Make sure you keep this posture. Why? Because you're on the offense. Some of us get put in the corner. We're getting beat up. We're getting, and our head goes down. Once your head goes down, you're done. They're going to hit you with an uppercut. They're going to hit you with something you don't see. And man, you're out. You cannot let your head stay down. You've got to get in the presence of God, stop for a moment and know who you are in Christ and know your God and know He's fighting for you and say, God, today I'm having a worst case scenario, but I need something to lift my head up. And I'm going to tell you, God's got a lot of good words to lift your head up. You are more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who loved you and gave Himself for you. Uh, today, there is nothing that can come against me that God cannot destroy. Come on, church. I'm talking about a God who's able to fight the fight and give you power and authority to win this thing. Listen, we understand no matter how bad it is, we win. When you take your last breath, you win. It only gets better. I thank God. Sometimes when I'm having a bad day, I stop and I see law and I go, thank you, Lord. This is the worst it can get in my life. It's the worst. Somebody goes, well, you could get cancer and die. To be absent in the bodies, to be present with Christ. We've got to stop just a minute. The enemy can't threaten us with life because that just gets us to heaven quicker. We need to understand that we may be here, but we're aliens here. This is not our home. This is not our atmosphere. This is not where I thrive at. This is where I struggle at. I, I want to go to a place where I thrive. Well, I have no more sorrows, no more tears, no more dying, no more sickness, no more pain. Man, I choose that over this any day, don't you? I want to be in the presence of God all the time. I can be in His presence here, but I've got a foe that's constantly always fighting against me. He never stops. He never takes a breath. I need somebody to get lifted up today. I need somebody whose chin is down, who walked in here today with the weight of the world on his shoulders, with worst case scenario, I need you to stop looking down. That's where the foe is. I need you to start looking up. I need you to lift your eyes up and say, God, today I look to the mountains. I call out to the Holy One of God, who is the rock, who is my foundation. God, I need you today. And guess what? He will answer you, and He will shield you, and He will lift up your head high, and you'll walk out of here going, today I know that I'm going to rise on the wings of eagles. I'm going to fly. I'm going to run and not be weary and walk in my faith. I see Lord. I stopped and waited a minute and realized He's fighting for me. Hallelujah. We've got to get our heads lifted up. We've got to look up, stand up, get up, 
give up. We've got to get up. We've got to stand and fight in the middle because the glory and the lifter of your head is here right now. Hallelujah. 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 He is here right now. And He will not let you walk out with your head down unless you choose to. Now I have known people who love being victims. That if something's not wrong, they'll make something wrong. This message is not for them. Because they're just going to have their head down no matter what realities are. They can win the lottery. Oh no, now i got too much money. What am I going to do with all this? They can lose 50 pounds and go, oh, I've got to buy new clothes. Shut up. Some people, no matter what the news is, it's just bad. I've got some Christians that I just don't even want to be around sometimes. It's like, Man, God is on the throne. Hallelujah. Yeah, but. I cannot help you. You need to see law. <laughs> you need to stop and think about it. Because you know what? Our words have power. Come on. We got to start looking at the right things and saying the right things and doing the right things. And, and David had a moment where he could have just said, you know what? God, I give up. He could have went out and just surrendered to the foes and said, you know what? Kill me. That's what you want to do anyway. My heart's been ripped out. My son's against me. The, the whole kingdom and everybody's saying God will not deliver me. So you know what? It's over. But no. He said, wait a minute. I have a father who's a shield. I have a father who's going to lift my head up. We've got to stop. Number three, look at this. You have a future that will always encourage you. Always, always a future that will encourage you. I've got nothing discouraging today to say about your future. There could be an angel shout and a trumpet sound at any second. That's good news. It could be that some of us get out of here by the way of the grave. The Bible says mourn when a child is born and rejoice when a saint goes to be with the Lord. We got a beautiful new baby in our church this morning, little Peyton right over here. She's gorgeous, eight pounds, six ounces, and we should mourn. Oh. <laughs> but the parents are rejoicing, right? Healthy baby, great, great delivery, everything's awesome, wonderful. But the Bible says in an eternal picture, this baby's going to have a lot of foes coming against her in her life. We got to make sure she wins. Got to make sure she wins. We've got a future that is awesome. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. It's never entered into our mind what God is preparing for us. Man, when we get there, some of you are going to come to me and go, Pastor, you should have told me it would have been better. I don't have the words to say how much better it's going to be. But it's going to be beyond anything you imagine or comprehend. We cannot lose if God is on our side. There is no way to lose. God is greater than your biggest enemy. God was greater than all of David's foes. And that day, David needed a song. And he started out singing, Oh, Lord, there's the enemies and they are coming against me and I'm going to die. 
And they've said, they're all singing a song that you will not deliver me. And you can just hear the old sad tear in the beer song, you know. You can just hear it in verses 1 and 2. But then all of a sudden he got to a reprise and said, hey, go wait. And I, you have your own imagination, but I think he kind of went into some black gospel there. Right? Whoa, wait a minute. I've got a God who is on my side. I've got a shield all around me. And I've got somebody lifting up my head. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, look at verses 5 through 8. I lie down and I sleep. It's been days, weeks since he's done this. I wake up again. He's surprised. I could have been killed in my sleep, but no, God woke me up again. Because the Lord sustains me. Hallelujah. Church today, do we realize who is sustaining us? It's not me and you. It's God. David said every night when I go to sleep, I know I'm going to wake up again. Because God's got a shield around about me. I will not fear. Though tens of thousands assail me on every side. Arise, Lord, deliver me, my God. And then he starts getting preaching. I love David. He says, strike all my enemies on the job. Isn't this different from verses 1 and 2? Can you just feel the emotion and the dynamic changing? I mean, it went from being down in the dumps and everybody's against me to wait a minute, God's on my side and God's going to protect me. Now he's like, I'm not in the protection mode. I'm in the destruction mode. God strike all my enemies on the jaw, break the teeth right out of the wicked. I mean, that sounds like the kind of fighter I want to be around. Come on, don't just hit them in the chin, knock the teeth out. From the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessings be on your... He's done gone from being weak and timid to fighting and then throwing out blessing on everybody. Hallelujah. I want to be around a guy like David who wants to fight. Man, we're going to win this thing. God, strike them in the jaw. Break them to die. Tear them up. Beat them down. They can't bite me without any teeth. Take away all their offensive and bring me back on the offense again. The Bible tells us in one of the writer's epistles that the enemy today, you know he's a roaring lion, but the enemy today is now a wounded lion because of the cross of Jesus Christ. He may be alive, but all his teeth have been taken out. All he can do is come and slobber on you and gnaw on you just a little bit. But he can't hurt you because you got a shield all around you, a God who's protecting you, and a God who will lift your head up and say, Come on, you're a child of the Most High God. Remember who you are and know who your God is. Hallelujah. I need some men and women today who are ready to say, Come on, Pastor. Let's knock the teeth out of the enemy. I'm tired of him stealing from me. I'm tired of him trying to destroy me and knock me down. I'm tired of him coming against the church, my family, my finances, my health, my job, my marriage. I want today to get in his face and knock his teeth right out. I want to be a Samson. Get a job on and let's go to work. Hallelujah. And then he says, you know what? Now blessings on everybody. See him out there. Tens of thousands coming at him. Blessings on you all. Blessings on you. Wow. Something spoke to David's soul. Music that changed him. And I'm telling you, God uses music today to change us. And we need to make sure we're hearing the right kind of words. 
It's not about the style. It's all about the substance. And here's what the Word of God says. When your foes increase, God will cause them to flee in seven directions. That means they'll be surrounding you. Yeah, yes, they will. You, you will feel the presence of the foes and they're all around you. But God makes them flee. You know, there's north, south, east, and west. God put a direction in between each one of them. He can make them flee in seven directions. Because you're His. He loves you. He will protect you. He will keep you in times of trouble. John 14, Jesus said, in this world you're going to have troubles, you're going to have trials, you're going to have tribulations. But get your chin up. Lift up your head. Because I have overcome them all. All. I don't care what your worst case scenario is today. I don't care how many foes are coming against you. In the Hebrew, the, the largest number that David had to use was thousands. So he wrote, tens of thousands are assailing me. They literally said there could have been millions of soldiers hunting him down. Think about it. Millions coming against him. His largest numerical words he had in the Hebrew was thousands. Tens of thousands. I'm telling you, I don't think your day's that bad. I don't think your scenario is that bad where your son's leading a whole nation out and they're trying to kill you and you're hiding out in the wilderness. But if it is to you, because I know when it's personal, it's the worst case scenario. Because it's you. And the enemy is out to steal, kill, and destroy you. But I have come. Selah, wait a minute. But I have come to give you life. And give it to you in abundance. Hallelujah. This word is for a whole bunch of people today. I love that the word of God is present. He is the I am. So I want you to stand with me PCA. He is here. He's Emmanuel. God. Message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com. And every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.